Hi, Numbula. Um, welcome and thank you so much for joining us today on Rikindi. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, um, Numbula is amazing at dancing and she dances for freedom and love and peace. Um, and so Numbula, do you want to tell us a little bit more about your name? Because it's quite interesting and where you're from and, and more about your story. Um, my name is Anom Vula. Um, a lot of people, they, they, they don't pronounce it right, but it's okay. Um, about 22 years ago, I was working with some African children and I was teaching them permaculture and they, they, could, I, I could, they, they couldn't resonate with my name, Denise. So um, they gave me a Zulu name and they called me Nomvula um, because I, I had this long hair, <laughs> longer than now. And they said my hair looked like the rain. And um, because Nomvula means um, you bring the rain. So that is how I, I got Nomvula. And nowadays um, I'm called Nomvula the Greening Lady because um, I write stories about her. And she is the one who actually dances these stories <laughs> to the sun. <laughs> She's like my alter ego in a way. Absolutely love that. That's so beautiful. And so what inspired you to um, start dancing in the first place? Um, I, sure. I was um, pregnant and I was in an accident and I refused the x-rays. So because I couldn't see what was hurt, I had hurt my knee and my hip. And um, they just sent me home with crutches and painkillers. And by the time I gave birth, um, my knee would just like collapse. And it will, I, like, I couldn't walk for like 20 minutes afterwards. I, I just had to sit still for 20 minutes until, um, until my knee can click back in. <laughs> it was really painful. And you have to tell everybody like to leave me alone so I can just sit still because everybody wants to help you. So it's very embarrassing. And then I also was a single mom because um, it was just a challenge to be like kind of cripple and um, in a new relationship with a new baby and I was not being supported. So I went and stayed with my parents, <laughs> which was like, a, um, I feel it was like the healing that had to happen on the inside for me. And, and then I asked, I asked my mom for an hour a day of um, where I can just go into nature. Um, so I would just walk for half an hour a day. <laughs> and then half an hour later, I will walk back home. And that was my hour a day that I gifted myself. And eventually I, um, I, I started speaking to the sun because it was my only friend in a way <laughs> and the birds and, and, um, and then I would sing to them as well but I think I sounded terrible but anyways so I had this wish to dance and, um, and I would tell them like you are my only um, people that are seeing me dancing and will I ever be able to dance because I can't even walk. And then the sun um, spoke to me one day and the sun was like appearing as this little boy who was very sad. And um, he was saying twice a day, you must curse him for shining in their eyes because when they go to work, they curse him. Oh, the sun is shining in my eyes. And when they go home, they curse him. So it's like twice in a human day, the sun gets cursed. And he's just like so fed up because like he's got this eternal day and constantly just being cursed by the masses of people. And um, 
I, I, I made this promise to the son that um, I promise to come out every day of my human day and connect to the sun. And then it just developed into the, the sunset. Um, get your 10 favorite songs onto your iPod, which <laughs> I have this little iPod. And, and I, I just put 10 songs on here. You have to find like the songs that really touches you deeply. And, and you only listen to those 10 songs every single day. And eventually these songs started to tell me stories because I would listen to it so much. And the stories unfolded and the visions were coming. And, and then the dancing appeared from, I, I started doing the sun salutation, just normal yoga. And a friend of mine taught me the headstand where I stand on my head. And the whirling I started to do because I needed to practice my knee and my hip and I couldn't run or jump. So the whirling was the only thing that I could do. But to put it all together came only uh, about three years later when um, I put the whole method together where you do the sun salutation, you stand on your head, you create the vision that you want to dream or dance for in your mind while you're standing on your head. You come onto your feet and you start to whirl. But now you have taken all the blood to your brain. And when you come onto your feet, you can actually feel every single cell in your body getting oxygen. And because you are whirling, you are whirling a story into every cell of your being. And I, I, will, I, <laughs> I would feel so blissful and high and elated and inspired and it, yeah, it just grew from there. I started using the dancing for manifestation. And um, I manifested my husband. <laughs> for two years, I danced this one song that I felt I could call my husband to me. And wherever he was in the world, I could bring him closer and closer. And because I had the dedication and the commitment um, my husband appeared two years later and, and we are married <laughs> and I never thought I would actually get a husband. <laughs> so, um, I, I really believe I can dance my dreams alive, although there's like no scientific evidence, um, I, but my dreams have come true. So I do feel the dancing has um, a way of helping manifesting so that's how this whole dancing came about. And yeah, that's where I'm now. I, I have danced now for 13 years this way. Wow. Wow. Well, no, definitely um, after seeing it myself, I was really touching a very deep place within my soul. Like I saw it and um, just the words, you know, that um, one of your friends or maybe your partner was saying as a poem in the background uh, while you were dancing and uh, together it was such a deep um, vision that you are singing to the world and um, you know I really think that that's so inspiring and so beautiful because it's actually saying I am spreading light and love and I hope whoever watches this uh, receives that light and love and um, I definitely felt a lot of light and love when I when I watched that so yeah that's one of my Beautiful ones. When I feel down, I watch my clips because um, even still today, there's another clip of me dancing on the beach. And when I came to Italy, the first year, I couldn't watch it without crying because I miss the beach so much. I've never 
I never knew I could fall in love with a place, um, the physicality of the beach, the sun, the sand. And, um, and I danced on the beach for three years, every single day, rain or shine. And it was like I created a portal there. And to, to, have, to have gone there the last time and knowing I will not return here for a long time was like for me, almost like when you lose a lover or somebody you really, really love and you know you will never see them again. So um, even today, when I look at those that clip that was filmed on that beach, um, it I, I cry. So yeah, even when I am down, I look at my past live shows, and I it, it is it's almost like when you connect memory to a song and an action, that memory is like very strong. You will remember um, just by going back through uh, to the song you will be able to associate the memory. Mm. And that clip, with that, remember that, that dance and the dog that came in the end. <laughs> it was so beautiful because I was just dancing and I stopped and this dog just came and threw himself in front of me. And, and it was like so beautiful because I didn't know this dog and he was so happy to see me. <laughs> mm. So a lovely, um, such a lovely, lovely experience. Oh, that's so, so beautiful. I've also had many children just come to me and just, just hugging me. And um, yeah, it, it, it makes me cry. And even like sometimes I have had elderly who come and, and will just cry <laughs> and the tears will just fall. And yeah, it, it's really touching because um, I never really knew that it would turn out like this. Like um, I come from being a cripple <laughs> and now I am a dancer. So. Wow. Wow. Oh, no, that is absolutely, absolutely magnificent. And um, as you were saying, you've recently moved to Italy. So hopefully you can bring your, your dance to the people of Italy, particularly now, you know, just after COVID when they've been hit so hard, um, having a life like yourself there, I'm sure would be a huge blessing. Um, I do dance here. Um, my, my philosophy is I can only dance in nature with bare feet and on, on the soil because I connect to the earth and to the sun and I, I work with energy and in the ether. So I, I still dance and I have amazing stories. <laughs> in Italy, there's, um, there's a lot of dragons, but they're in, the, in another dimension, um, yet they are here. So, um, yeah, there's many spirits that come forward. Italy, um, Europe especially, has a lot of um, dormant energy. So when you move the energy, um, things like come out, <laughs> which has been stuck for a long, long time. So I, I've even gone to the UK to do some dancing. My dances is not, to, not for people. It's not performance. Mm. It's really to shift energy. So there was this um, ghost <laughs> that was stuck in this castle in, in the UK. And, um, and she was so happy to, there's this one song that I do is um, I create like a golden bridge from, from me to the sun. And then I visualize all the spirits who have passed away since the last time I danced it to come towards me. 
And then I offer them this golden bridge to cross over to the sun. And many of them, it's, it's like in my imagination, it is um, many of these spirits might not have been good, but this is the first moment that they are choosing to step into the light. And some of them, they, they, they don't go far on this bridge. They just become an earthworm in God's garden. Or some of them, they go far and they become an eagle. And some of them reach the sun. But um, it is like, I, yeah, I can open up the golden bridge for, people, for those who have passed on. And, um, and it's beautiful because even my father-in-law, I see him playing the piano in that song. <laughs> and, um, and it's just, just a beautiful galactic um, meeting because it's like, even though I'm dancing, there's a lot of spirits holding space for all of those who have crossed over since the last time. <laughs> wow. So um, do you, when you dance, you, you, you feel this presence and do you physically see them or do you like, do you just really feel that there's an entity within that room and, and when you dance, you can feel as that has been lifted or is, does it become almost like a visual where you can visually see them as well? Um, it's, it's the imagination. So whatever you can create in your imagination is is happening um, because you see it in your mind um, does not mean it's not happening. Mm. You, I think you need to cultivate your imagination to um, you get challenged as well with bad energy wanting to come in. Once I, I was dancing and in my imagination, like a lot of beings from the galaxy came to see because I was, I was doing this one dance and um, and they were these bad dudes, <laughs> and the and the, the son was telling the father, "Shall we take her out?" <laughs> and and I heard these voices. Oh my god! And father told him, "No, son, there's too many watching." So um, it was like I don't know. I, I could I could hear them. Mm. When I open my eyes, there's nothing. <laughs> but uh, when I close my eyes, because when you are whirling. You can't see anything. You see energy. And then eventually when you close your eyes, you are completely in a different world almost. Mm. If you're on the beach and you know you can't fall, that's beautiful because you can go really deep into this journey you're taking. When you are in spaces, and I always try to make a circle. So I always spin out a circle of grass wherever I am. But um, then I know just stay in the circle. And it becomes like a portal because you, you only dance in that circle um, over time and you're coding on the earth with your bare feet. Mm. So it's, um, yeah, it becomes your portal that you wow. create yourself. So a lot of beings, they want to join and use your portal. <laughs> and then you have to, you have to be strong mm. because not anymore. Nice, but because I'm always in nature, I believe you have to dance in the light, meaning in the sunlight. When I dance indoors, um, I don't have, I'm not dancing in the light, even though it is day. Mm. <laughs> I am not connected to the light, so I don't know who I might be feeding. Mm. When I, in the past, I would perform, and it was... Um, it wasn't in the light. It was not in the sunlight. If you are in the sunlight, there's nothing that can touch you. 
But if you are in a building and um, there's unfortunately other things that can come in and feed off the energy that you are creating. Mm. You always have to be very mindful. Just uh, the sunlight is the one that always keeps me safe. So, yeah. And so when you, when you, like, if you had to just walk into a room normally, would you naturally start picking up things or would you have to be dancing um, and being open to that in order to pick up what entities are, are in that presence? Oh, no, I, I can see. I can see everything by now. Um, I think that because I stand on my head, my, my um, intuition has developed very strongly. So I have a very strong intuition. Um, there's many beings on this place, in this on earth. They are not all human. They look human, but they are not human. And I can see them. Um, when they do see me, they attack sometimes. But if you wear colorful clothes, they hate color. <laughs> So um, it's very important to always vibrate because if you have colorful clothes, you vibrate a lot of energy out. When you wear dark clothes, you absorb them. Mm. So it's important to wear colorful clothes. <laughs> and I'm known as the one who wears a lot of color. And um, yeah, there's, there's many things. Um, there's even spirits that can come through your telephone. Um, there's, there's a lot going on in this world. So, and there's also people who walk with a lot of um, spirits and they don't know about it. So, um, yeah, it's, I can even look at people and say exactly what's wrong with, with them physically um, when they are sick. I can see from a distance that person is sick or this person is not sick. Wow. <laughs> I'm a bit nervous to ask if you see anything about me now. <laughs> No, you're beautiful. Um, I don't see anything on you. Oh, okay. You have a lot of light around your head. Oh, well, thank you so much. I, I honestly try and, um, well, not try, I do a daily practice of yoga and meditation. And like just, I love swimming in the sea. And I find like the ocean is so energizing. And um, personally, I really do believe um, that everything is energy. And, you know, science can back up that everything is energy. Everything is vibrating. Nothing is solid. And it is a multidimensional world. Um, and when you're in nature, you are just so connected to life, so much life around you. And it, um, it really always brings you into higher vibration. Um, so I, I definitely do love that. And um, with I see you've been a mermaid before. Oh, wow. Yes, oh. you have a lot of mermaid energy in you. No, well, thank you very much. That's really beautiful. Um, and um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, yeah, so going back to um, dancing, did you find that all of this, you, you've always been very intuitive um, and the dancing has elevated that intuition or has it more so been um, that from dancing, all of a sudden you felt all of these things and, and started to have all of these uh, abilities to see more than, than the physical? Um, no, I, I think it comes from childhood. Um, I had a very strange childhood. I, um, I had a handicapped brother. He was a hunchback. So um, I a lot of my, um, I don't know, my abilities came from being around him because I massaged him a lot because he had a hunchback. 
And I also spend a lot of time with him because society really pushes people like that out. Mm. Always um, was the one who would sit with him when he has his tantrums or whatever he was going through. <laughs> he, would, he would always pull my hair. <laughs> and I just allowed him because I knew it was his way of holding me close. Mm. Um, doesn't matter if <laughs> I would beg him to tell him not to, I won't go. Um, he would just pull harder. So um, I think he was my greatest teacher. He taught me empathy. He taught me um, to be kind, to be gentle, and just to be selfless. Mm. Because I was I was extremely clever, but I was never allowed to speak about it because um, they didn't want the other cousins to feel inferior. <laughs> And, um, and then we moved around a lot. I don't know, my parents was just always moving, moving, moving. And it was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't think I've ever stayed in one place for two years. So um, when you are in that pattern, I think I learned a lot because there was always a reset button pushed, reset, reset. Mm -hmm. So I my potential. This is only when you ground yourself and you see your potential. So I never grounded. Mm. And, and I've questioned a lot of times, like, you know, why did I have this life? And, and a beautiful story came out. Um, if you want, I can tell you the story. Oh, yeah, I'd love to hear it. So um, I, I intuitively asked one day, like, what, why am I moving around so much? So the story came from... Before my human life, I was a tree with a lifelong wish to dance. So they took me back to this time where I was a tree. And it's like thousands of years ago. Like I think they even said like 400,000 years ago, I was a tree. And apparently I, I saw somebody dancing underneath me when I was a tree and I made this wish. Um, to be to dance to have legs because I didn't have legs I had roots and I think maybe like a hundred years later I felt this chopping and I was chopped down and and I was angry like you know how can you chop me down I'm very happy I'm very contained in my forest and the universe said well you you wish to dance and this is now the journey you have to take to um, to to get your legs and then I became a mermaid, and for a long time I was a mermaid, and um, and I was chopped again <laughs> because I still didn't have legs. I had um, a tail, and and I also that life ended in me being I don't know I think I was chopped up, <laughs> um, and then I I think my life shifts forward into me becoming like a, a monk. So I still didn't have like a human life, uh, a normal human life. And then I was born an, a witch in Italy. <laughs> I didn't last very long. I was burned. <laughs> and um, yeah, it just continues. Like my, my journey have been, um, every time I, they say when you get born in your next life, your, your spirit dilutes. So when my spirit was concentrated, I was a tree. When I was a mermaid, the tree spirit turned into three mermaids, which is my two daughters and I. And then from there, the three mermaids, they split into, I think, nine monks. 
but it, the, like it constantly gets split. So after the nine monks, I could have been 81 witches in Italy, <laughs> but it just keeps on multiplying by the exponential growth. And um, so eventually I, I ended up in, in Africa. <laughs> I think I think they said even like there was a, a life where um, my parents or my brother and my um, my cousin sold me because we were pirates. So there was this one life where I was a pirate or I was on the ship with pirates and they sold me to um, an African tribe in exchange for food. And I, and I remember this because it was a life where um, I think the king of the tribe, um, I became like one of his wives and, and I couldn't speak their language. And it was very like frustrating and you know, it was very different to what I was used to. So I, I have this um, one memory of, um, and I think this was one of the Kosa, um, there's even a story about her, it's called the Sunburned Queen. And, um, and I really resonate with that. So yeah, it is, I think once you get to know your stories, you, you don't really know what is true and what is not. But it's, it's just very important for us all to decipher our stories. So beautiful. I think most importantly, I'm a storyteller. <laughs> so, <laughs> and when you tell stories, anything goes. But um, it's just beautiful to each of us. We have our stories. And each of us are so incredibly beautiful when we realize where we come from. And we all have... Yeah our stories <laughs> beautiful and um, out of curiosity when we pass eventually what do you think happens um after death do you reckon that we get reborn into something else and that's potentially the multiple lives and then eventually we cross over to or do we stay within this earth plane or um i, I believe earth is a living library so species they come here to um to add to be part of a library um it will never go away but it's really important for us to look after this library because i think there's only like four libraries in the whole galaxy um which has got this beautiful um place of being and when we die i believe there's 4.2 million forms of life so when you choose to become um, physical or born, you will be born into 4.2 million different lives so that you can say in the end you have experienced life. And so when you are, have not done all your 4.2 million lives, <laughs> you will just go into the next life form. Uh, I, not, not everybody agrees with me, but... I think that is where you can become a tree, you can become a dog, you can become a lion, but you will experience every aspect of being. And in the end, you will actually don't know what happens if there is an end. There's <laughs> not really ever an end. But like some lives is one day, one human day, like you get a fly or a butterfly. They only live like a few days in our days. But I think also the different sizes of being, they have different days. Like a, a butterfly's lifetime is three human days. 
and a dog's um, one year in a dog's life is seven dog years. So like each animal and each being has a different um, concept of time, which makes time kind of like an illusion. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's like everything I feel when you become human, it's very beautiful. You've gone through a lot of lives to get to be a human. But now you step into the creator of the universe. God comes and God, whoever God is to us, God and the goddess energy, God wants to experience life through us. So God wants to paint through us. God wants to dance through us. God wants to sing through us. So I was saying to somebody the other day, um, God does not come through a slave. A slave is still um, a, a lesser evolved being because only when you are free can you embody God because it's only us that can enslave ourselves in our mind. Mm. It's cruel. But um, when you have reached a state of freedom, you can embody God fully. And that is where dancing is so important because dancing to me is if a person dances, doesn't matter what they look like. Um, if a person allows himself to dance, that person is free. So if, I, if somebody comes and says to me, I'm free, then I'm going to say to him, dance for me, you know, dance for me, your freedom. And if they are too shy, then I will say to them, sorry, you are not yet free. You're still holding yourself back. So um, dancing is very important for our evolution human to embrace our freedom beautiful that's really beautiful and um definitely that showing up for your authentic self and not being afraid because of what other people might say so people who maybe are too afraid to just fully let loose and um, have a beautiful dance would be so afraid that other people would judge them and like you said then they're trapping themselves in the construct of their own mind whereas as soon as you are open and um completely being then you would just love to to dance and uh let that energy flow so that is very beautiful i think people um don't appreciate what they have when you don't have two legs to walk um trust me any leg will do <laughs> um <laughs> it is like when you have two legs and two hands it does not matter what you look like you are perfect because from me being crippled, coming to my brother who was a hunchback. I, I think people who are so perfect in their physical form and holding themselves back in their minds, um, they don't know what they are losing out on because mm -hmm. there's really nothing wrong with anyone if they are complete with two legs and two hands. Mm. Beautiful. And I suppose even some people um, who've had like one of their arms but an awful something. Some of them said that that's the best experience that they've ever had because um, it allowed them to realize that they had a depth in life. And um, I think what you were expressing is that turning point in your life, your brother, which you could have decided that that could have scarred you and you could have been like, oh, you know, I'm really scarred by that. Or you're hurting your leg. That could have been like, oh, well, you know, I've hurt my leg. I'm going to spend the whole rest of my life being angry um, and resentful. And instead, those two massive turning points in your life 
you actually embraced them and allowed them to elevate you and allowed you to become more authentic in yourself, more expressive, more open, um, and inspire so many other people around you, which is really, really fantastic. Yeah, I, I think it's just not to be the victim. Mm. Like just to everything that happens to you has um, the greater good at heart and never to step into the victim mode. Um, I have lost everything in my life um, many times. I have been in a place where I would leave a relationship, where I, I would leave all my clothes and stuff. I would just take a, a suitcase, but I knew if I hang on to all the things, I would never be able to have my freedom. So to have freedom, I have to let go of all the things physically almost. And that to me, I, I have done a few times where you where I was in relationships with people and it was just not working because my freedom was tainted. And, and the only way to leave was to leave with just what I could carry. And it was the most liberating times and it was really hard. But um, freedom to me is for me the most important feeling to feel. Mm. Oh, no, beautiful. And through your dancing and your, um, your words, have you managed to um, have a lot of people uh, who've started dancing um, have you do you know what your movements are going forward is there any plan that you have or yeah I, I do a lot um, like I perform at events um, I have like a Nomula the Greening Lady Fairy outfit so I go to schools and I perform as a green greening fairy <laughs> I'm not a green fairy I'm a greening fairy <laughs> So in South Africa, I, I was a lot um, promoting schools to get permaculture gardens because I have this vision of the organic greening of this earth. And that is like my main dance and my main dream and my main vision. And in the vision, I see an organic earth. And then when I am spinning, I'm asking like, why and how did all of this happen? And then I zoom into earth and I see each school got a, an organic permaculture garden and each community started to become green and the children was um, getting seeds from the schools the schools become organic seed banks with um, knowledge of permaculture and tools and the children went home and greened their homes and then the trees were planted around because I, I see a food for a organic food forest and um, we bring the trees back because there are three collectives on earth. There's the human collective, the animal collective, and the tree collective. And those, that's it for me. People say there's also the stone collective, but like I feel the stone collective goes with the tree collective, which is ultimately nature. And these three collectives, they have to work in harmony together. It's like your mind, body, and your soul. When your mind, body, and soul are in balance on the inside, you, do, you embody your divinity. When the humans, the trees and the animals come together in balance and in harmony, we embody the divinity of earth. And then we can create and embody the full potential that earth could be. And right now we actually have a war between these collectives because the humans have, think, have thought that they are in control of everything. And they've forgotten their place. So the animals are attacking. The animals actually... The Animal Collective have gone to the intergalactic forces and said, 
we cannot handle to be food on humans' plates. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of food that they can eat. Why must they eat and consume us? And why must they take our babies away for them to have milk in their coffee? Why must they take our eggs? <laughs> yes, I, I do eat eggs. And yeah, I do love um, cheese. But it's just gone out of balance. Um, we, we have not honored the agreements. There are agreements between humans and animals. So a lot of animals, they come from each from their own planet. And they have come here to be the part of the Earth library. So for instance, uh, um, the bee is teaching us about the sweetness of life. But we can't exploit the bee to mass produce honey. The chicken has a lesson for us to learn. The cow teaches us about mothering. So we can't take her baby away after it's been born and impregnate her unnaturally. So we have gone completely out of sync with how the agreements were between humans and animals. So the, the animals have created a war, a virus, if you can call it like that. And humans have to know their place. They need to know that they are not the ones in charge. And we have to bring the tree beings back. The trees are beautiful beings. They are so alive and we can't cut them down because you can't just cut the tree down and replace it with another baby tree. They take years to grow. So, and, and to chop trees down to make toilet paper is just such a sacrilege. It's like, no, you know, we can, we can grow hemp for toilet paper. It's like not so big tree. <laughs> and there's things we can do to not make them feel lesser. Because the trees, they have stories. So when you sit under a tree, which is very old, the tree will tell you stories because this tree has been there for three, four hundred years. And it has seen a life of three to four hundred years of stories. So trees want to speak to us. They want to tell us the stories. They want to tell us what they've seen a hundred years ago. And when you start talking to the trees, um, they don't stop talking. <laughs> they just like, listen to this story. Oh, did you hear about this? It's like this. They just want to speak to us. And I think we just have lost that connection to animals and to trees. And now there's this chaos on earth to bring the humans back into the place of honor and respecting of all the species. And um, yeah. That, that is the three collectives that um, I, I get this information from, I think I would get it from the sun because when I'm dancing, the sun is giving me information and then I write stories about them. So I have the Nomvula, the Greening Lady stories. Each dream of mine I have written out and I'm filming some of them. I have filmed two. And then I constantly make these little dance clips where I would feel myself dancing and put a message to it and um, just inspire people to, to dance their dreams alive. And coming to uh, my husband and I, we teach permaculture. So he teaches professionals and I teach children, but together we make quite a nice team. So um, on his professional permaculture courses, I'm the one who comes with um, the uh, I do cacao dances where I give cacao and we come into our heart and we carry a vision of a dream that we want to do, want to, because I find collective energy is so potent. When we collectively come together, 
to hold a vision. A vision is going to happen. By myself, I am not as potent as a collective field. So I find it is um, when we step into collective spaces and carrying the same vision, we can create the future. Mm. And we can create a beautiful future. We just really have to be careful because humans, we have this mental um, gift where we are the creators. So they said to, to me the other day, I was speaking to the universe and they were saying, why do you think everything the Simpsons predicted is coming true today? It's like the Simpsons is a better um, fortune teller than Nostradamus. <laughs> So why do you think that happened? And I was like, no, I don't know. Why do you think The Simpsons is the best fortune tellers of what is happening in today's life? And they were saying, because The Simpsons was a program that was run 20 years ago. It takes like 20 years before something collectively can manifest. And because that program ran 20 years ago, if you look at the programs that was on TV 20 years ago, they are all manifesting in our life these days. <laughs> and it's stupid programs. It's the Simpsons. It's the bold and beautiful. It is what the days of our lives. <laughs> like all these things that they have programmed us with is happening because they have tapped into the um, imagination of, of humans. And humans unconsciously have imagined these things into being. Mm. So they, they, humans are extremely powerful. They just don't use their power for themselves. They just, um, they, are, they are being used by the forces um, that deliberately use our imagination to bring things into our life. Many of the things that we see on TV and on social media is not true. But because we focus on it all the time, we will bring it into our reality because we are, we are manifesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 100%. And your, your subconscious works like that. Um, you know, that's, that has been proven where um, most of your mind is your subconscious. So how you're saying, I wonder how I attracted my partner. Well, when you look around, you'll, you'll only pay attention to certain things that your subconscious thinks is relevant to you. The rest of it, you'll ignore. And so that allows you to zone in into where you're going in life based on, you know, if you want a certain job, you'll be thinking about it. And so when that opportunity arises, you'll be like, oh, that's that's great. Whereas if you're not thinking about it, when that opportunity arises, you may not even notice that it's there. So that completely makes sense. And uh, when the younger you are, the more uh, susceptible you are to building those foundational core beliefs. Um, so if you had to watch all that stuff all the time, um, it actually would make sense that that could manifest, particularly if you're having, you know, thousands, millions of people watching the same shows. Um, that's how they believe society works and therefore they become that. So no, that totally makes sense. Yeah, it is. Um, I wanted to say something, but now it's just like out of my mind. <laughs> but um, it's, it's also important. I think um, the, there's only two emotions on earth and it's love and fear. And mm-hmm. that's it. There's no other emotions. You either feel love or you feel fear. And humans have been programmed through fear for millennia. Um, they, humans have never been free as a collective. Yet, right now, in this moment, we have never been so close to our freedom. And when that sinks into us, um, 
you know, it, it is so beautiful when we realize our freedom is, is in our hands. We just have to take it. And But that is why the forces, you can call it the hostile forces, where they are so deliberate now to take our freedom away. So it is, it, it's very important for us to claim our freedom because never before now have we actually ever been so close to being free to, to, on earth. How can somebody claim their freedom? What, what can they do in order to ascertain that? <laughs> Very simple. Um, refuse vaccinations and, um, and take away the mask. The mask is um, a very... Um, like a, a very satanic way of taking away our freedom. When we put these masks on, it's like muzzling ourselves. We are, it, it is a psychology that happens when we put a mask on our face and they know about this, even though, and then of course they're programming us with fear. So they have gone to the extreme right now to take our freedom away. I believe there's no virus. The virus is fear. And if your body is acidic, you can be a host to many viruses and bacteria. But if your body is alkaline, you cannot be a host to a virus. You can walk through an airport full of sick people, but your body is not a host to a virus, so you cannot get sick. So it's very much about what is an alkaline body and what is an acidic body. And then we have to realize the emotions one moment of anger makes my whole body acidic instantly. So it is so important for us to feel our feelings and not let it affect our body. Because when we are programmed with fear, our bodies become so acidic. When we have a mask on, that inhale, exhale of the breath makes a bacteria. We inhale, we are making ourselves sick. And we are actually self-inflicting ourselves to, to die. And, and that's very sad because we have come so far to get here and now we are just going to kill ourselves. <laughs> and it's like, no. <laughs> and then the vaccine is so dangerous because the, um, the, the universe say they want to inject us with very small heavy metals, which um, they are starting to make us into robots. So in the future, there will be a race of humans, which is half robotic. And humans will be extinct if we go the worst case scenario. And humans, because we, um, we are too much maintenance, they want these half robotic, half human creatures that can make this system and these cities and life run because they need us. But that is not what we are destined to be. That is just these hostile forces who wants to keep us slaves because us being slaves, they make a lot of, they feed of us. <laughs> um, it's very, very bad what they do to us. Um, I'm not going to go into the detail to what they are doing to us, but they are really not having our best interest at heart. And us, we have any moment in any day, the opportunity to go live on the land. That is our sovereign um, uh, gift. We don't have to be part of this system that they have created. And when you are on the land and you are connecting to the forces of nature and you are planting your own food, 
when you are growing your own food, that is sovereignty, that is freedom. Because even the vegetables in the shop is not got your energy inside. That vegetable is dead. It's like the no life force. When you are growing spinach from a seed in your garden, you can put the seed in your mouth and the seed will start to grow for exactly the amount of iron your body needs. And it's so beautiful because you are creating food exactly with the nutritional content that your body needs. And that is our destiny, to feed ourselves with our creations and not to feel like, you know, you go to the shop, you, you are vegetarian and vegan, but, you, you know, you're not even planting any of your vegetables. So it's like you are not really fully in your sovereignty. Mm. And only when people do this way that we plant all our own food, we don't go to these big shops <laughs> where all the food in these shops are dead. There's no vibration in it. There's no vitality. It's plastic. And when we don't make this connection with the land and we don't see like this, this is the third dimension. In the third dimension, they keep you with love and fear. And that's it. You need to rise above to the fifth dimension. And when you reach the fifth dimension, it's still exactly this world. It looks exactly like this world. It's just a higher vibration, but you unlock the fifth dimension through your heart. When you come into your heart, you actually have the key to unlock the fifth dimension. But it goes up and up and up. I think when I dance, I have gone once to the 81st, 81th dimension. <laughs> I couldn't drive when I got to my car because I, I couldn't see the steering wheel. <laughs> so I was like, oops, I need to ground. <laughs> But there is so many dimensions as you go and you actually disappear. Like everything is just energy. And, and it's so beautiful. Um, you can't stay there because you can't operate on the third dimension if you are in the 81st dimension. You still need the third dimension to, to drive from one place to another to, to be um, in contact with people but we don't need to feed into the third dimension with our fear. We have to unlock the fifth, at least, at least on the fifth, where we can operate out of love. Oh, no, beautiful, beautiful. And seriously, thank you so much for sharing such a beautiful message um, because, I, you know, really, particularly during this time when there is so much fear and so much anxiety and people aren't sure about the future. So I think definitely the main things is really growing your own vegetable garden, being connected to your own, to this planet earth um, and knowing where your food comes from and being aware of different animals and trees and um, being aware of yourself. So really, really beautiful takeaways. This is a um, beautiful experience I had the other day. I was playing with a butterfly and it was so beautiful because my daughter wanted to go to the park and I was like, oh, what am I going to do there? She's going to go up and down the slide and I'm, I'm just going to stand around. But anyways, I thought, let me just take her to the park because it's such a beautiful day. And she was hiding away because she's shy and she didn't want to speak to the children. And, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to tolerate this. You know, I'm just going to do my own thing. And, and I saw a butterfly on the ground. And like I, I crawled closer and I was telling her, like, don't be scared, you know, just relax. Like, I would love to play with you and I will go closer and closer and then put my hand, but then she'll fly away. <laughs> and but she would 
make a few turns and then she'll go sit on this sign, this white sign in the park. And, and then I'll, I'll crawl closer again and eventually get to her and I'll be like, please don't fly away. I would love to know. So I was telling, so my daughter got interested and her friend and, and I was telling them, speak from your heart. And I was telling my daughter, maybe you should speak Italian. I don't think the butterflies here. <laughs> so um, it was so beautiful because I was telling them, you have to go down and, you know, don't overtower them. You have to be on their level and just, just feel love. So this little butterfly started to play with us where the girls will go closer to her, fly away, and she'll go sit on the ground. They will do the same, and she'll fly away and go sit on the sign, and then we'll go closer and fly away and go sit on the ground. And, but she would not fly away. She was just going. But she will even come and fly right in front of our noses. And, like, eventually I could hold my hand like this, and she sat on my hand. Aww. And I was like, I've never heard a butterfly coming to sit on my hand before. <laughs> There were people taking photos and like I was so close to tears because this butterfly could understand that I wanted to play with her and she didn't feel scared. Mm. And it was the most beautiful, simple experience that I have actually, it, it made my day. So I have spoken, I have had butterflies coming to sit on me, like when I would dance. And sit. So they would come and sit on me and then just fly away. And then this one time, this butterfly came and I spoke to her and she said, you know, um, they are very scared of humans because when somebody eats meat, um, they, they, the animals know when a human has dead animals in their body. <laughs> but the animals don't know that humans only eat um, cows, sheep, chicken, pig. Um, if uh, an animal can feel that there's dead animal in a human, they think humans eat butterflies, worms, birds. <laughs> they, so all animals are scared of humans because they know that that person is eating animal. <laughs> so um, she says that is why um, they don't come and be with humans anymore because they are scared of us to be eaten. And then it goes further, like, you know, what we do to animals, we open that opportunity for that to be done to us. Mm, yep, for sure. So when we go into dark aspects of, I don't know if you know about the pedophilia that has been exposed, um, it, it's very difficult to accept that this pedophilia is happening in our world. And when I speak to the universe, the universe says, because we do this to animals, we have opened up the possibility for that to be done to us. If we want to be treated with respect, we have to respect those who are underneath us so that we can get not that treatment from the species that are above us. <laughs> so it, it's a very difficult one um, because I, I think people have not really made that connection. Mm. Um, do unto others that you want done to yourself. Mm. No, that's very true. That is very, very true. Um, and really just treating everybody with respect. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about Buddhism is um, really just embodying that love, respect to all sentient beings. Um, no, and I, I suppose you also have some school of thought where, you know, for me personally, um, I was vegetarian for so many years and um, I kind of fell into 
if you if there's respect for the animal where you know the animals of the beautiful life it's died in honor it's died in respect um then I, I personally don't really see a huge issue with, with it i mean i still i understand you still take my life but it's more the animal farming where these animals are kept in tiny cages they're pretty much being enslaved um that to me is is quite horrific because then you are feeding into that system that is very horrific whereas when it is a beautiful life you know nature a lion will eat a antelope you know it's it's natural it's part of that beautiful cycle but it's not done with you know the antelope's been tortured for its whole life um you know and then consumed yes i i also you know i eat eggs um and and i feel like you know if you treat your if you have your own chicken and you get an egg and you honor her for giving her you the eggs um you know you can't leave the eggs too rot it's going to create diseases yeah so um you know yeah fine eat the eggs uh, and then if you have a cow and she's giving you milk and, and you make some cheese like enjoy that cheese um so yes i also feel like you know i am not going to go on the path of don't eat any animals um it is just like the way we treat them mm. uh, which if if we can just eliminate all the factory farmed animals because there's been a, a few of my dances where um, i danced to loka samasta is a chant mm. when i dance to chants i go very deep into a meditation because they are long so most of the chants are 8 to 12 minutes long and even 15 and when you spin for so long <laughs> you you're going to really go out 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 there um but yeah i i go in my song where i dance to loka samasta and i work with the factory farmed animals spirits who are leaving because they're very angry and um i try to like just dilute the anger because you can't almost take the anger away and also to take that energy to bring healing to it because that energy that's created out of a factory farmed factory um it, it is harmful energy directed at humans and they come as bad dreams like nightmares and they affect the little children so i, I yeah people don't really realize the effect mm-hmm. an effect that we have on um on on whole <laughs> so um there's another song i dance where you pray for all children to be kept in spaces of love because if you are in a space of love you break the fear program because the fear program has been there for a long time for over 2000 years and we need to break the fear program because humanity has never really existed in a love program So we are actually now in a place where we don't need to control our children through fear. We can discipline our children through love. It's a lot more effort. But coming from my time, I was hit <laughs> smacked. <laughs> um I got a lot of beatings, um but they created they disciplined me through fear. Um my children, I don't smack and I don't harm them. so i i give the love program but it's very difficult because the children just don't listen when things are love and light <laughs> so you almost have to um you i'm still learning it's really still difficult to embody you almost have to embody the dragon and the loving mother at the same time you have to show them this is a boundary you cannot cross it you have to honor and respect it 
Otherwise, I'm going to stay the dragon. And the dragons are beautiful. When a dragon is, is scary, it's like poking and it's got all these scales and it's like you almost can't touch it. But when a dragon is um, tr- starts to trust you, it becomes very flowy. It's like you almost can't, you will touch them and your hand will go right through them because they are very ethereal. But the moment the dragon gets scared and angry, it goes all pokey and like very fierce and stark. <laughs> So um, it is beautiful to work with the dragons because they are they very they very active in the world. Um, but they but they hate humans. <laughs> they, uh, since the beginning of time, they've always been the ones who burnt down the villages and they hate cities. So um, many times when I'm working with the dragons and you wake them up because they can sleep for a long time, and then when you want to work with them, you wake them up and and I'll be like just just don't burn anything <laughs> because they always watch like burn. <laughs> so um, yeah, there's a dragon at Venice. She had two babies, um, like I think in December and the whole of Venice is, is, is lying on, is built on her basically. So the dragons is the landscape spirits. It's like each landscape has a spirit, a guardian. And these dragons are those landscape angels. So yeah, if you connect to nature, you will start to communicate with a landscape angel of that space. And when you get the alliance, you can go further and further. And it's it's really beautiful because there is so many of these landscape energies, angels, who, who has been asleep for quite a long time. It's like they were deliberately put to sleep. <laughs> but they now, well, I, I really, really do appreciate you um, taking the time up to, to speak with me and, um, you know, really share these beautiful words and um, definitely a different insight into um, people and, and a way to, to kind of um, acknowledge things and really trust your intuition and trust yourself and, dance more and um, be more free really so I, I really do appreciate it and uh, what I'll do is underneath I'll link everybody to if you would like your Facebook um, or any way that they can contact you if they want to see your beautiful dances um, and get in contact with you uh, personally that would be amazing thank you I'm not I'm, I am on Facebook but I'm not very active there um, but I do go and check it now and then and I'm on Instagram and, and I'm also on YouTube so Oh, um, we'll, we'll, that'll be amazing yeah wonderful well, we'll put all the links below and uh yeah thank you so much novella thank you for your time as well like um i know i've spoken a lot <laughs> no, no, but thank you for being receptive of everything that i've said and appreciating it it's really nice to to feel appreciated i think it's so beautiful no and it's it's really really i really enjoy um learning about different things and um as I said in the beginning definitely seeing your dancing um really was it was so beautiful and the messages that you hold for humanity especially having your own vegetable garden um, and connecting to your food and connecting to this planet I really do admire so thank you very much thanks Alexa thank you too